having met someone who's done it, you know, yeah, yeah that's huge. Opened man. up my entire world so of true. what is possible. And yeah. so now when I'm thinking in this moment, what would Kobe Bryant have done? Yeah, that's cool. You know, and actually, all right, well. What's going on, guys? Um, welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm with a really good friend of mine over here, an Americana mate over here. All right, um, his name is Jermaine E. I just realized and found out now that his last name is actually E. I thought it was shortened for something, but here we are. I love that. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man. No, yeah. thanks for coming. But um, I just wanted to introduce Jermaine really briefly because I had to actually write these things down. Uh, we're going to be talking on pressure today. And the reason why I wanted to speak to Jermaine specifically about pressure is, as you'll find out, he has so many factors uh, that are taking his energy and his focus, yet he's still able to showcase like calmness, um, externally at least, and we're going to find out a lot more about the internal aspect um, on the surface level, and he exudes that, and he's able to bring his attention and focus in a very um, well, focused way, which is really impressive. So that's why I thought Jermaine was a perfect person to speak on this topic with. Now, he's not just a former founder um, in multiple senses, by the way. Um, he's also the, ex um, an executive recruiter at Sapphire Partners. Right? Now, he's also got a lot, um, you're doing a lot of work with your family as well in terms of you're helping out your parents uh, with the family business, which is incredible. Yeah, I think yeah. part of it is cultural. Part yeah. of it is okay. just, you know, I think being a good son, um, yeah. coming from a Chinese family, right. um, is that, you know, when your parents need you, you always, you're there for them. Yes. Um, and the line is kind of blurred. You know, it's like, yeah. it's not a job, but it's also not a, not responsibility. Yeah. 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 No, it's so interesting because like, um, I obviously it's a completely different um, cultural expectation to um, what I've got. And, you know, that's going to tie into the talk on pressure is the expectation aspects because you're going to be dealing with a lot of expectation. But And we'll get to that. That'll be the first question I want to touch on with you. Mm -hmm. But I also want to share that he does a lot of philanthropy work as well and mentorship. Um, so and saying that there's a, a lot of expectations coming from all like many aspects of life how do you deal with expectation to a point where it doesn't overwhelm you considering there's so much expectation in your life yeah i think the thing that i've learned probably in the last 12 months really is the expectation for myself is usually at the highest um, and i often find situations where nobody else is putting expectation on me but yeah. I hold myself to such a standard that I drive myself crazy. Yeah. Um, and this is not just for work, but this is also for family, you know, wanting to be in multiple places at the same time, wanting to visit my grandmother who lives um, 24 hours in flight away. Right. And I think that expectation has kind of adjusted throughout my life. I've learned how to, you know, let go of things that are not as important. Yeah. Um, for example, this year, I just ended a volunteer gig that I had for 13 years. Yeah, that's so, right. So yeah. the past 13 years, I've been a volunteer of the Rose Parade and Rose Bowl game. Right. And that's a um, an, an annual event in the New Year's on New Year's Day in Southern California. And I thought to myself, you know, just because I've been doing this for 13 years doesn't mean I should be doing it if it doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah. The expectation in my mind was that, wow, I've, I've done so much time on this thing, I should just keep going. Yeah. But, you know, I think life changes. Yeah. And so I've been adjusting. And how do you know when it's time to actually surrender and move past or move, move, um, move away from something that has been taking a lot of your time and energy you deemed important at one point in your life? How do you know when it's time to actually draw, like, draw a line in the sand and be like, no, now's the time to move on? Well, I have the benefit now of looking back 
and my friends still doing it right. today because we're almost at New Year's and all I see on Facebook and Instagram is my friends still volunteering yeah. and I don't miss it a little a bit. So I think the first sign is to realize now that, well, I, I made the right call because I'm seeing what my friends are doing and realizing mm. that I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Um, so I think the first indication was that I wasn't, I was no longer excited to do something yeah okay you know? yeah and i think there's a very there's also the like um obviously like 13 years is probably a good good indicator but i just want to mention that obviously there's going to be times when um you might do something for a short period of time which is more dopaminergically like exciting anticipating like it's new it's exciting mm-hmm. but then obviously there, there can be the dying of the infatuation period mm-hmm. just like in a relationship right mm-hmm. so obviously that's a different part to mm-hmm. what you're explaining which mm-hmm. is the ending of like more of a prolonged excitement yeah yeah i think you know for a lot of things i try to employ this rule that you know we talk about it in practice it's it's tricky the rule of if it's not a hell yes it's a no Uh, yeah right yeah i like this i try to do that for most of my life but yeah it it isn't always clear-cut so i don't think there's ever going to be a right answer because the the truth is you'll you never really know what the alternative is like what would happen if um, you know, you, you stop doing something mm. um, and then the like what would happen if you kept doing it? Yes. Know? And so yes. I, w- I sometimes wonder 13 years. It's a lot of time. Yeah. If I just kept going for 13 more. Yeah. Um, what good could I be this missing out on? Such a good know, point, because so. I, I, I know that when I'm thinking about maybe concluding something in my life, um, my thought is always um, and I'm sure many people would relate to this, especially like I'll have conversations with people and it's often what if I end this and then I move on rather than asking the question, no, what if I continue doing this? What would be the consequences and the cost of doing that? I think that's a brilliant way to reform the question. Yeah. yeah. And I think just understanding, especially now, I think th- maybe it's a COVID thing that, you know, there's only so much time you have. Yeah. And so I'm starting to just, just value the things that I enjoyed today Yeah. versus, you know, and I, I was doing this parade in particular i was doing it for great reasons it was my mom's american dream wow. when she thought of the parade she was th- when she thought of the u.s she thought of this parade on wow. tv okay and so for many years i was doing this because i thought well my mom loves it yeah and you know it's not it's not too much work yeah i give up my new year's i give up a few a few weeks wow. before that yeah and maybe i can keep doing it but i realized i was doing it for the wrong reasons yeah, yeah. and also we wouldn't be here on new year's almost in almost. paris yeah, that's true that's true it's my first time yeah, yeah. in many years that's incredible yeah man. wow yeah. um so i know you've done some work with rotary as well correct yeah, Rotary yeah. has been a pretty big part of my yeah, life. Th- th- there's yeah. another thing that he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And Rot- so Rotary is this um, massive 1.2 million member yeah, volunteer Yeah, biggest nonprofit, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. from my um, understanding anyway. Because mem- I know my parents, are pr- my parents are part of it as well. Yeah, back yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah. It's, um, I think it, it is in hundred. It's m- in more countries than the United Nations, wow. from what I recall. Yeah, yes. it's incredible. Yeah. So um, obviously with everything going on, there's... There is the factor of expectation that comes into play where you end up being pulled into different places. You've mentioned that one of the strategies is knowing when to cut things. Now, what about in the areas where you still have expectation and you're going to have it coming from multiple aspects of life where maybe there's a lot of there's a huge energy demand that's coming from those places that obviously you're only a human being. You're one person. You have 24 hours just like everyone else. How do you manage those expectations and then how do you manage the time and understanding in terms of where like where and when to delegate that time and prioritize it well there's uh there's a lot of nuances to this yeah this question yeah right so it's a big question yeah yeah it's a big question i think part of it is 
you know, there's the aspect of is it health related? You yeah. know, if it's health related, it is a priority. You don't really get to choose. But I think for the most part, you know, most of the things I try to do, and I don't do this enough, and, and sometimes it comes from a dark place, is that I do try to picture a very bad, what's the worst case scenario? Yes, you know, yes. You know, even even as far as um, maybe two two weeks ago, I was thinking, well, if everything falls apart, we go into recession, what is the worst case scenario? Yeah. I would probably cash out of all the investments I have. Yeah, in and in also bear in mind, guys, position. Jermaine had a lot of other personal things as well going on on top of what was going on in your head with yeah. this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I just try to paint the, the worst case scenario. Yeah. And, and I know that for a fact, that I can live with very little, like I need yeah. very little. I think that's smart. You know, yeah. so so understanding that you know I can always work on something. I can always, as long as I'm healthy, I can always do something. Yeah. I think that gives me a baseline of security, at least in my mind, that hey, the worst case is, the worst case is not too bad. The worst yeah. case is I get a job that I may not be really proud of. I probably would not be talking about it. Yeah. I have driven Uber for two years. Oh wow, I've I didn't know that Uber part. Uber for two years. That's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah. Okay. And and so sometimes when people talk to me, you know, now that I, I usually sit in the office and, and I yeah. have um, a much more comfortable life compared to the Uber driving days, I yeah. often remind myself that, you know, if I'm humble enough to t take a job yeah. um, that is paying maybe 10% of what I'm doing now per yeah. hour or maybe maybe less than that, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, just mentally yeah, I'm yeah, just thinking, yeah. like, is it, ego, is it the ego speaking or mm. is it, you know, where where why question. can't I be humble enough to say, even in the worst case scenario, I'm able to make a living yeah. and, and survive. So how do you know whether it's the ego speaking or whether it's actually like a genuine misalignment? Yeah. Well, th the Uber experience happened when I was in my early 20s. Yeah. So I think it's very different now. I, I don't know yeah. what it feels He's like. He's not in his early 20s, but guys. Even though I do video, look like it. Yeah, yes. I was going to say. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> Malaysian I'm, I'm 31. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, at 31, I don't know how I, I would feel. But I know if it's for survival, I'll do it. Yeah. You know? And um, and I've pictured this many times, you know. And, and I, did, I did actually quite enjoy Uber. I did enjoy cool. driving around, meeting people. Yeah. I've made so many friends. And from that's removing the concept of status as well, which mm -hmm. is really impressive considering a guy of your stature, actually, mm -hmm. being able to remove that concept of actually, it's okay if I don't have that status. Yeah. Like, and you're able to see it as it is, which is an enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's hard to do, man. Yeah. You know, I think I, I enjoy this experience of getting into Ubers and taxis yeah. now because I have that empathy to how you know i can ask someone hey how long have you been driving today right. and if, if this person say i've been driving for four hours and i was like when was the last time you used the restroom because i know in their mind they're thinking my back hurts right when do i hit my next target yeah and when do i get the next bathroom yeah break? yeah you know you have a good skill in doing that putting right. yourself into so yeah, so you know i think having been there i right. have this empathy and and i have actually offered multiple jobs to uber drivers my drivers right. because i'm talking to them and and i realize they have a great attitude oh and cool and you know i i usually connect them to a job or i give them a job yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and it's been fun it's been fun to wow. kind of look at life from the, the other perspective um so what was the question again yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i know i know we we're talking about like briefly how do you remove uh, sorry how do you know whether something is like an ego concept mm -hmm. or like um like notion mm -hmm. or whether something's actually um something that's just a misalignment and you're not feeling it yeah, I think there are things that we have to do out of necessity. Yeah, you know, totally. there are jobs that you know, if it comes down to it, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, 
And there's also strategic jobs that I've done where, you know, in my last startup, we had physical locations. Yeah. Um, and I stayed to clean the floor at the end. Yeah. In some ways to send a message to my team that, hey, if, if I'm willing to do it um, at seven o'clock in the evening on a yes. Friday night, then it, this job is not above anybody yes, yes, know, yes. To, to make sure the place is clean. Yeah. So sometimes it's, it's a little bit about that too. Yeah. Um, but I think in every situation, it's just so different. Yeah, you know? I know for myself with um the whole ego thing, like um it's um like in my mind it's okay if I make this decision and it doesn't work out, am I going to care if people find out? Um, you know what I mean? When it's like about other people, then I know it's probably um actually quite aligned with ego rather than actually being a true alignment of in terms of what I feel is right for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Recently, I had a an adjustment, so I stopped drinking alcohol. Twenty nineteen yes, January. That's incredible. Yeah, and. And for three years, I did not have alcohol. Yeah. And uh, one day, my friend Sammy asked me, hey, are you not drinking now? Because your ego saying, I've done ah, it for three years. I'm going to keep doing it because it's a, it's, a pr- it's a point of yeah, pride. You know? Yeah, totally. Or are you actually doing it for your health? Yeah. And I think I got to the point where I, I do miss sometimes um, being in a, an occasion where I can try and totally. you know have have a great steak with some red wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I realized that I was doing it for ego. Wow. I, I, I was doing it That's because I wanted to say I haven't had alcohol since yeah, yeah, 2019. Totally. totally yeah, <laughs> you know? I love that. And yeah. that that's yeah, a, that. a small example, but mm. I think it's. Um, you know, you you start peeling back the layers of why you do what you do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but I want to um like backpedal um to the original question, which was dealing with um expectations. Um, we talked about one aspect, which was drawing the line in the sand. Okay, dropping those points, and then there's going to be the pull in multiple directions. Um, in terms of where people are demanding your time, so I want to kind of m- be more specific with that then, and actually ask how do you prioritize where you put your energy when the pressure's on. Yeah, so there's one thing that I used to do, and I, I took this from Brene Brown. Okay, know, cool. I yeah. took this from Brene Brown. This was probably around 2012, yeah. so 10 years ago now. I, I had a little piece of paper in my pocket, and in that paper, I wrote down the five names whose opinions mattered to me. That's cool. And and sometimes my, my dad didn't make the list. And, wow. you know, if, if that you're listening, sometimes he didn't make the list because right. um, sometimes I I realized people around me, not my dad in particular, but sometimes they give me their opinion mm. from a place of fear. Yeah, true. And I wanted to be above that. And so yeah. I, I needed to tell myself not to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. And so in that piece of paper, um, I change it. You mm. know, and I try to keep it in my pocket, thinking, "All right, whose whose opinion matter?" Um, and and sometimes my name's not on it too. Yeah, you start thinking about whose expectation are you trying to live up to? Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna probably get this quote wrong, but I I'm sure I don't know who said this. It's been yeah, give us a Jermaine twist mul- multiple times. Um, I think it's it's not uh, your opinion that counts. It's not my opinion that counts. It's what counts is what I think you think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, if you find a quote, you should definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I remember it's something like, um, "I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who. Yes. Um, I'm not who you think I am, but I am who I think you think I am." Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think it's been misquoted so many yeah, times yeah, yeah, by, yeah, by totally. so many people. Yeah, yeah. But in, in terms of expectations, I think, you know, there are situations where 
I just had to do what I had to do. So mm. it was kind of a survival mode and you, mm. know, you just take one step at a time. But I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that I could not do everything at 100% all the time. Yeah, t- so totally. Yeah. So learning to let go was, was actually the biggest part. Okay, yeah. I um, think that's so crucial. And I was pretty bad at letting go. You know, I was yeah. pretty bad at passing on a task to an employee or Okay, so this delegation, member. obviously. So it's not just like sort of like moving it o- like over and like completely getting mm-hmm. rid of it, but there's also the delegation aspect. Yeah, okay. But delegation comes with expectation. True. Okay. So if I delegate something to someone, yeah. the expectation... Um, whether it's communicated or not, yeah, um, can make or break that working relationship. True. And so I've had occasions in the past, uh, just two years ago. You know, we hired someone who personality's great. She's a great person. Yeah. And she was just really bad at her job. Right. She'd, uh, maybe she's bad. Maybe she didn't care enough. Yeah. And I never had the heart to fire her, <laughs> or or tell her that. Yeah. And it it got to. A, a pretty bad point. So that's a point of candor, right? That I know Gary Vee talks a lot candor, about. Candor, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. definitely candor. Um, I think it's just part of it is my lack of lack of ability to communicate my expectation of right. what her job was. Yeah. Um, at the end, it came back to really hurt the business. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's, there's just so many layers. But, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier um, before we, s- we hit record is that I think I tend to go to a pretty dark place. Yeah, so I think this is actually a brilliant point, which is you did mention um, how you do, like, conceptualize the worst-case scenario, and then you sort of see, like, I've got this interesting like idea that I sort of came to, which was um, when exploring a very, actually pretty much the same um, uh, practice um, that you do when it comes to something that I'm dealing with stress, um, stress-wise, I will go to the worst-case scenario when it comes to a fear-based concept, and then look at the worst case scenario because I'm realizing that I'm not, I'm not even looking at it and then I'm afraid of the thing that I'm not even looking at. So I don't even know what I'm dealing with. And that's sort of what fear kind of does, doesn't it? It sort of like makes me want not want to look at it. Um, and in doing so, um, it becomes this sort of black, foggy like um, idea. And now I'm not just afraid of that, but I'm also afraid of the fact that I don't really, really understand what it is. But now when I look at it, I can understand it better. And then I can also see light in an area that previously was dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's. A, I don't see that as like actually a dark thing. I think that's bringing light to a place that is dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it it kind of comes from multiple places. Yeah. I think the the dark side is to prepare my mind for the worst case scenario. Yeah, I think that's really. I think it's light actually yeah. in a way. Right? In some yeah. ways, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it is two sides of the same coin. To- totally, right? yeah, it's yeah, like totally how you yeah, how yeah. you look at it, how yeah. you think of it. Yeah. But I think the other side of it is is also maybe the other side of that darkness is gratitude. You know, true. I often yeah. I often do think That's that, true. you know, just one generation ago, my dad and my mom came, uh, went to the United States with nothing. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, I still have clear stories of them driving in a car into someone's home and wow. my mom would clean the house and my dad wow. would mow the lawn. And, you know, wow. just That's incredible. one generation later, I'm sitting in Paris. <laughs> That's insane. You know, yeah. Just yeah. And I really, and I was just in Europe three weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm, I'm living this life that is, it's impossible to imagine just one generation ago. Yeah. But I think the next part that I'm trying to get to in terms of, you know, stress management and um, kind of anxiety stress management is the concept of surrender. Yeah. You know, it's a very Buddhist concept. It's yeah, a very it Zen is. concept. Yeah, yeah. Like and non-attachment. And it's, yeah, I, it, and it's a, it's a work in progress. Mm. I'm learning to kind of, I'm more frati, you know, learn to love. Yeah, that's right. Love yeah, of yeah. Faith, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To really just accept everything that happens to me yeah. even when it's bad. So how? 
it's easy to say it because yeah. things haven't been that bad. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Since yeah. I started this this experiment. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, because this is another thing that I um, definitely explore as well is the art of non-attachment. Um, being able to fully step back when something happens that is overly emotional and um, my experiences are heightened and I'm in a state where in the past I would have suffered a panic attack, but instead I'm able to step back and sort of disconnect from the emotions in a healthy way rather than being um, a slave to them in a way. Yeah. And it's, it's very difficult to explain how it's almost been like this practice of having the intention over and over again, exploring the worst case constantly mm -hmm. and actually facing the thing that my mind wants to face the least and actually going to it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I mean, the practice is meditation, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, to how is do meditation. you calm your yeah. brain? Totally. Um, I'm not, I'm not really good at it. Well, you might mm -hmm. not do it traditionally, but you obviously have your own version of that, right? Yeah. And my version of meditation is swimming. You know, oh, when you I, go, yeah, when yeah. I swim, I'm in, I'm in this zone where my mm. my mind kind of becomes still. Yeah. But I think the true test, though, is that you you kind of get better when when things that are difficult happens and yeah. you stay still. Yeah. I haven't put that to test yet. You know, yeah. I don't know how still I am. Yeah, because there's so many compulsions and um, impulses that want to occur, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. then the ability to remain in that stillness mm -hmm. regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so that's something that I've been working on. You know, mm. I've been on top of just reading and, and learning to meditate better and just to actually remember to breathe better. Yeah, you know, Oftentimes the, the, the breathing is the first step. That's right. And so, you know, without going completely to the Zen part, I think um, now... 10 years into my career, 12 years into my career, I'm, I have a little bit more space in my mind to work on things like that. Yeah. But in the survival days, in the days of paying the bills, driving for Uber, yeah. making sure my startup has capital to, to make it to the next payroll. Yeah. In those days, I can't even imagine meditation. Yeah. It's just, it's not something that comes. So I think it maybe comes with maturity. Yeah. And experimentation. But I'm glad I'm starting at 31. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. I mean, I've met many people that, um, you know, uh, will look at a 31-year-old and be like, man, I wish I started when you were. And then there'll be people that even above them or older than them that'll look at them. And yeah, like I had a 74-year-old client actually at one point. Mm -hmm. um, it was brilliant. Obviously, his ad ad adaption to a lot of the work was quite slow. But nonetheless, it, like it was working um, because he was actually intending on doing it. And I think... That just goes to show what's really possible regardless of the age, you know. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think in many ways, I think that's a blessing that, that mm. I have that I kind of experimented with a lot in my 20s. Yeah. And now I'm still really young and I think I found my lane. Yeah. I think I found exactly cool. what I like. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of I'm working that working towards that. Yeah. That's so cool. I think that also gave me a sense of stillness. Okay. Yeah. yeah like alignment in a way. In, in yeah. some ways alignment, but yeah. but understanding that everything I'm doing now even though it's difficult, yeah. it's on the path of what I want to do. Yeah. And so I think knowing that at, at the core is so helpful. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to bring this to a close um, with this last question, which, uh, which is, what is your main go-to strategy when dealing with pressure? So you're feeling a lot of pressure coming in, into your life, regardless of whether it's like more personal, um, like life. Also, I'm realizing how much the Christmas tree is blinking. I'm like, uh, people are going to love that. <laughs> you're welcome, guys. Yeah, um, two days after this, Christmas. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so how do you deal with What's your main strategy? Yeah, this is this has been changing. Yeah. Um, so music is huge for me. Okay. You know, I like to, if I'm trying to let my emotions out, I yeah. go to sad music i yeah. go to the the dramatic music i have a set playlist in my phone yeah. that helps me journal okay, and oh, okay so cool yeah so one of the first songs is uh it's it's actually 
quite randomly a country song. Yeah, um, okay. it's called Granddaddy's Chair. Wow, it's about his grandfather who just passed, and he wants to think of his grandfather and think that his grandfather will be proud of him. Mm. So at my grandfather's That's funeral, good. I found the song. Wow, and and I just listened to it over and over again. So it gets me into a very reflective mode, but yeah. I also put things in perspective. Yeah, you know how far I've come, and now let me map out everything I need to do. So mm. I would journal. I would I would write it all down. I would try to visualize it. I would give it a score of how high priority it is. Yeah. And if I I try to delegate things, but I'm not usually usually the things that I have to do are not easily delegatable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a word, but um, <laughs> yeah. But that's I think I try to just map it out. You know. Yeah. Make a list of it and and just start chipping away. I think one step at a time. Yeah. Um, I think just a few weeks ago, we we had a brief chat. I was having a pretty tough time, you mm-hmm. know, and that's right. And I think the way I just went about it was one one task at a time. Yeah. Um, and I remember telling you that even when I did one task at a time, I felt like I was falling short yes. of my own standards of each yes, task. Yes, yes. And so it really is to take a day at a time and and just you know do your best. Um, and yeah, and I did fall short in my mind um, yeah. of what where I wanted to be even though nobody else had said that to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I just woke up the next day, went for a swim, and just say, let's let's go. Let's go yeah. again. So you, you're leaning into that pressure, I feel like, is su- like a, such a skill that you've developed. Mm-hmm. Like you've obviously, de- it's not something that just comes at you. You've mm-hmm. developed and worked at it. Um, at, like I really like the saying, which is, um, sorry, situations beat life into you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, which is your choice? And um, you're, you're very good at sort of taking the things that are sort of beating it at you mm-hmm. um and turning it into something that's proactive yeah. um yeah which is which is really cool and i think that's a skill that can be developed because i know for myself i'm much better at now than i ever was in my life and i used to be terrible at it but mm-hmm. it's definitely something i've had to develop and learn mm-hmm. for sure would you agree that's a skill i, I would say mm. so and i think it also comes with experience yeah you know the, m- the yeah, more you definitely. do it you know the tolerance you have for stress gets yeah. better you know i i used to think that I was at the peak of as the most stress I can handle, and then something else comes along. Yeah, and it's always like that. I'm still going, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I think now my kind of my appetite for stress is is big. I like um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of appetite. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. In some ways, I crave it. Yeah. Because there's, again, I don't know who said this, but you know, familiar suffering is better than unfamiliar suffering. Absolutely. And stress yeah. is familiar to me. Yeah. I've always had it. I've always kind of yeah. carried that. Yeah. And so. I know how to deal with it. But you've made it familiar in a healthy way because there's also um, aspects which are when it's happening unconsciously where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with it, but not because it's my choice. All right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like out of like a, um, a place where I'm putting myself in stressful situations that I can't handle. All right. Rather than it being, you know, I'm putting myself in stressful situations that I'm learning to grow from. Um, I think there's, there's two different aspects because obviously there's mm-hmm. the aspect where maybe... Um, I know that we're going a little bit over, but the, I think this is super fascinating, the way you're sharing it. I think it's brilliant. Um, where like I've worked with people who for keep finding themselves, for example, in like, um, stressful relationships that aren't aligned with who they are um, because uh, like they're still, uh, they've got like an unconscious tendency to find themselves in those sort of stimulating mm-hmm. environments, but it's not consciously done. But what you're talking about is a more conscious process where you're actually intending on putting yourself into that situation rather than it being something that you're like your unconsciousness is like dragging you into. Yeah. I think you also grow. You yeah. Know? I think when, whenever you're uncomfortable, you're growing. Yeah. And so 
I I'm now in a job that I'm not fully comfortable yeah, in, yeah. and I'm growing so much. Yeah, and you know, that's yeah, that's, so that's the difference, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, that wasn't an unconscious step. It was like you actually had to lean into. Um, there's there's a beautiful concept, and it was actually heard it from an ultra marathon marathon runner, and um, and it was actually relayed as well with a neuroscientist, and um, the ultra marathon runner talked about how she, um, she's quite renowned American um, ultra runner, and. She says that in her mind, uh, she constantly seeks that sort of wall. So every runner knows what that sort of feels like, where um, there'll be a moment where that just hits. And it's like, oh, man, I just know that this is going to, the next, like, um, rest of the time that I'm running is going to suck. And most runners are constantly in their mind on the way to that point. They're, like, dreading it. It's like, I know it's going to come. I'm, I'm fearing yeah. that point. But she reframed it and was like, I can't wait to get to that point. I'm yeah. seeking it. And that's yeah. how she's able to, when she gets to that point, she doesn't just falter and suffer. Yeah. She actually um, gets, she uses that as drive. Yeah. And what you're talking about with stress is, is the same thing, which is, like, now it's more of a dopaminergic pursuit rather than when it occurs, it's just adrenaline and cortisol being produced, like stress, overwhelm. Um, you're not in a state where dopamine suppresses, but you're in a dopamine st- state where dopamine goes up. So therefore, you can use it as motivation. Yeah, I think the mind definitely. That, yeah, that's you know, incredible. It kind of starts with the mind, right? Yeah. So the clarity is, is really important. I do often wonder, though, what would it feel like if I had to really start from zero? I've, oh. I've always wondered because, yeah. you know, we say that if you've done it once, it could be luck. If yeah. you've done it twice, you're good. If you've done it three times, then you know you're something, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. if you, you can have success repeatedly. And so sometimes I, I kind of fantasize about that. Uh, I don't I don't really want that to happen. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, I like having a little bit of a safety net, you know, mm. but, but I think I'm growing more and more confident that even if I went to zero, you know, some things you cannot take away, which is your mental, your mental kind of, understanding that the potential you have is so much bigger you know i recently heard uh, i forgot on which podcast you know someone talked about would you rather have say your your crypto portfolio gone from zero to 100 million right but down to zero right or never have felt that hundred oh million yeah and just stayed at stayed at zero yeah or stayed at one you know yeah. and and i think what was really interesting was that there's no conclusion there, but yeah. for some people, knowing the potential of what a hundred million feels mm. like opens up your mind yeah. to so many things. Yeah, right? I think if that's you just brilliant. stay at a very minimal growth, you'll mm. never understand what is what is possible. Totally. I mean, yeah. it'll sting more, but I think that you're right. Like being able to connect with what that feels like is powerful, mm-hmm. um, because then it can be brought back into this moment, um, and then I can re-experience those feelings and recall. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. There's so many factors to that that are positive yeah yeah, yeah. i and like that i certainly i certainly has grown uh, have grown a lot just understanding what is possible yeah you know? so just just knowing itself or having met someone who's done it you know yeah, yeah that's huge opened man. up my entire world so of what is possible and yeah. so now when i'm thinking in this moment what would kobe bryant have done yeah that's cool you know and actually in my journal um there's a four-letter word wwkd what would kobe wow. do that's so cool because i know the answer yeah Heads down, yeah. focus with intensity and yeah. work, That's you cool. know, or you know, love intensely, work intensely, yes. do things yes. intensely, and so, yes. so I have those four letters there just to remind me. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. We could almost like do it. Actually, this could be another thing. Is like energy, right? Um, we could talk about that in like yeah. another time. But yeah. um, anyway, with that being said, guys, I just want to wrap up here and just thank Jermaine incredibly for um coming onto the show, particularly and you know he's using um you know 
um, a small amount of time from his small time in Paris um, to come on and, you know, share the stuff. So, yeah, super grateful for you, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for having me. Yeah. So where can they find you if um, you don't mind sharing? Well, I am public on LinkedIn the most yeah. because I'm an executive recruiter yeah, now. Yeah, so right, yeah. I think I live on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but Twitter, Instagram, yeah. E.E. Jermaine, J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E. He does a lot of these, um, what are they called again? The I keep, it, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah every night yeah. again. So you can even ask him questions there. Funny um, Q&As. Yeah, he'll yep. put, put them up. And um, I think it's like he's very um, practical with um, a lot of the steps that he can give, especially with his experience as a mentor as well. Um, so, yeah, highly recommend heading over there. Um, and I'll put all that stuff in the description of this episode. Yeah, and I'll, I'll end with a, a little compliment. I think you'll, oh, thank you. you know, I, I think we have some mutual friends now, yeah, and I yeah. think one of, uh, I forgot who, I think it's Nap Z or Victor, oh, yeah, one yeah, of them yeah, said yeah. this, that I think you find so much joy in watching other people figure it out, their own puzzle piece. Wow. And I think I see that in you. That's and so, so cool. I'm grateful to be your friend. You know, thanks for having me on. My man. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yep. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Well, I mean, you can um, you can feel his genuinity uh, from how he shows up. So I just want to say thank you, mate. Please give us a good old uh, share if you found this intriguing, so that we can reach others. Uh, you know, a good subscribe or um, nice little like if you're looking at it on YouTube um, goes a long way. So just want to say thank you for showing up as we always do, guys. Um, it's why I'm able to do this. Um, and uh, yeah, love you guys. See you later. Ciao. Au revoir.